You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, from the big chair, and here's another edition of Pickup Tuesday for you. We're still looking at the waiver wire. Only two weeks left in the fantasy football and NFL regular season. Some of you have your championships this week in some leagues. You might be extending to week 18, but we're still going to be here for waiver wire help, uh, one-shot plays, and uh, really in week 17, uh, it's for the championship. You're looking to tune up your team a little bit. Make sure you're okay with backups if COVID-19 breakouts happen again, as well as maybe finding some plug-and-play starters for your team if you're hurting at particular positions here, or you've been playing the streaming game at quarterback, or have some running back attrition, or just looking for the wide receiver three of the week to kind of plug in there. We're going to help you find that guy, or maybe you need some help at tight end, or you've been picking up different defenses every week and doing it that way, but... That's why the fantasy football waiver wire is important to look at every single week in depth all the way through the end. And we'll do that here for week 17 for you in a moment. We will also break down for you the Dolphins and Saints. Not much to see there from Monday Night Football, but still we want to give you our reactions to that. As we put a bow on week 16 before we move on to week 17, we'll break down all the games of week 17. Back-to-back matchup shows, matchup Wednesday and matchup Thursday. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Now, Dolphins, Saints, this was just not very good offensively, except for one player. That player was Jalen Waddell. They targeted him early, and they kind of treated him as an extension of the running game. Keep in mind, the Saints, still with a pretty tough run defense. You have that mess there of the backfield between Miles Gaskin and Duke Johnson and Phillip Lindsay, so... Three-headed monster backfield against a very good run defense. You knew they were going to have to get creative to move the ball. You had some flashes from Mike Gusecki, but it was a Jalen Waddle game all the way. And then really the Dolphins didn't need to do much here. That really hurt any possibility of getting good value from Tua Tagvola and the rest here. But Waddle comes through. He goes double-digit receptions here. Can't get to 100 yards, but this is how they've been using Jalen Waddle all year. Kind of a dump-off receiver with his quickness, and he gets the touchdown as well. So there's that, and the Dolphins' defense, you knew it was going to get better and better for this red-hot Dolphins' defense. When you knew some of the things that were developing for the Saints, down to Ian Book at starting quarterback, down tight ends, down offensive tackles, you knew everything was going to be great if they wanted some sacks and takeaways. That happened in this game as Ian Book could not protect the ball. Second pass of the game returned by Nick Needham, a very struggling slot corner for a pick six. So there's that. Then there was a six sacks. It was just a disaster for the Dolphins in Saints against the Dolphins here with a no real ball movement at all, just that three points. And really, unfortunately, if you're looking for something big out of Alvin Kamara, like last year when he had six touchdowns, the exact opposite of that here in this matchup against Miami, just dragged down by the entire offense. And not his fault, he grinded out to 52 yards there, but really uh, when you don't have much help, the offensive line's breaking down, the passing game is non-existent, 
it's really going to be hard for Kamara to be productive, especially when the Saints are not holding on the ball too long, and that's exactly what happened here. So not much to see there. Let's hope Taysom Hill returns here for the matchup against the Panthers next week to get things right for New Orleans a little bit more. Maybe uh, Ryan Ramzik, the right tackle, and Taron Amistad, the left tackle, will return to also help. So could be a different-looking Saints team totally there at home against the Panthers uh, with all their guys back potentially and uh, and can change the game here because uh, that's going to help Alvin Kamara. So if you've survived in the fantasy football players playoffs with Kamara, you're advancing and you're looking for greener pastures here, hoping for a big game rebound against the Panthers. Also a good contrarian DFS play because a lot of people are going to be off him in that game with the recent results of New Orleans. All right. Let's turn to quarterbacks that we can actually use, not Ian Book there. Uh, Tua Tagmola is a guy that you should be looking at, but the number one pickup of the week, he's been a guy that we've been excited for. We thought he was going to have a high ceiling and really produce for this team, but he had to wait. He had Jimmy Garoppolo hold on to this job, even through some struggles. Would there be a change after Garoppolo's Titans performance? Well, there probably is going to be one, but not the way we thought. Right thumb injury for Garoppolo could be a serious deal where they might shut him down here. So I thought about it during the game. Should they just flip to Trey Lance here? They got some upside in their offense as Trey Lance ready to push it to another level with the, their weapons. So Jimmy Garoppolo was a facilitator. I think Trey Lance can be a big-time playmaker. So I think they'll be careful with his running initially early. They'll let him do that. It is a Jaguar, so it's a good proving ground here for Trey Lance as well. So... He's stepping into an excellent matchup, the best there is for a young quarterback to step in there. Motivated there against uh, Trevor Lawrence. So it's going to be, sorry, the Texans is who they're playing this week. So we look at the Texans as a weakness here, and it's Davis Mills. So still another rookie quarterback versus quarterback there in Trey Lance versus Mills. He's going to prove himself. It's sometimes hard to keep straight with those Jaguars and Texans, the two easiest matchups there. And we, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're looking at a person playing against the Jaguars this week, another rookie that we can look at. So Jaguars and Texans, it did work out for most of the year. It did not work out for Justin Herbert. So don't worry too much about that performance. This one is on the road in San Francisco. So Trey Lance looking at home, going to get some opportunities. And he's got the playmakers. George Kittle has a great matchup in this one. You look at... Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, just the weapons alone, plus the pass protection with Trent Williams and the running ability, playing off Jeff Wilson Jr. There's a lot of opportunities and ceiling here for Trey Lance that maybe Garoppolo would not have had because of Lance's running ability and the ability to throw downfield. So Houston at home, as good as it gets, uh, maybe Jacksonville at home might be a little bit better, and we'll talk about that one coming up as well. Justin Fields, we'll see if he can return from the ankle injury here, and he does get to play the Giants if they re return here. And it's the Bears' uh, offense uh, coming to life a little bit in Seattle. It was with Nick Foles. So Nick Foles created a bit of a spark there. So you could look at Nick Foles, really, if he played the Giants here. But I think the Bears are going to have a lot of success moving the ball. And Fields can do some damage running and passing if he can return in this one. So let's hope so. That's a good matchup. And I also think, uh, even though the matchup didn't go well the first time in Week 15... The Vikings there in Week 18 could have some appeal there for Fields. More controlled environment, uh, Dome Stadium, that. So, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, we've been looking at a lot here in fantasy football. 
And we were looking for the right spots. Fields has had a bit of a flash stretch there before he cooled off. Lance only had one opportunity early in the season, really, and just didn't really get a chance to get settled in. Now Garoppolo's on the shelf. That should help Lance quite a bit, and it's a good uh, testing ground against Houston. So good matchups there, looking for the lesser teams to attack. Trey Lance versus Houston, Justin Fields versus New York. Now I got ahead of myself, another rookie quarterback playing the Jaguars at home. That quarterback is Mac Jones. So Jones and the Patriots are big-time favorites. The one concern you have is it going to be a Damian Harris smash game like it was last week against the Bills. But that was a product of the matchup, keep in mind, where you really couldn't pass at all on the Bills. And that's what the Patriots did for two games there against them, essentially a lot of Damian Harris. But Jaguars, you can pretty much do anything against them. I know they've had some flashes defensively as well, but... The running game, the Patriots need a win here. That's the biggest thing is that they need a win going away. And we know this team pours it on. We saw it in the Jets matchup early in the season. They're going to be relentless. And they need Mac Jones playing well. So that's part of it as well. They just can't be a running team because that's not going to work in the playoffs to go all the way. Especially when you have Patrick Mahomes looming there at the end or Joe Burrow. Those type of quarterbacks. It's just not going to happen. So you need to wake up your quarterback and get him going. It's a good matchup to get everyone involved, the wide receivers, Hunter Henry, playing off that strong running game. So Mac Jones is an excellent streamer this week, as well as Lance and Fields in those matchups. So three rookies having a lot of value, and shockingly, none of those rookies are Trevor Lawrence there, who plays the Patriots. Nope, you're not going there. And uh, Zach Wilson is playing the Buccaneers. So yeah, so go figure these other first-round quarterbacks have the greater value here this week this part of the season, but that's fantasy football for you. It turns it upside down. Now, there's a second-year quarterback we like as well. Justin Herbert, you're going to probably play against the Broncos, so it's not him. It's not Jordan Love, because he's not playing for the Packers. It's Tua Tagovailoa. It's Mac Jones' old teammate here. Look, he didn't have a great game against the Saints, but again, no resistance there. Didn't really get a game. I think there's going to be a nice little high-scoring affair developed between the Dolphins and Titans in Tennessee. These are past defenses that have struggled, two pretty good run defenses of late. And I think things are going to open up really in the, this game for Tua and Tannehill. Tannehill revenge game on the other side, the former Dolphins. So a lot of excitement there. So to look at it's two teams battling for playoff position. The Titans trying to lock down the AFC South ahead of the Colts, while the Dolphins are trying to march, continue their march to the at least number seven seed wild card there after they started one and seven. So I think that Jones-Tannehill match, or Tagovailoa-Tannehill matchup is going to be something to watch there, if you can say that 10 times fast, the Tagovailoa-Tannehill tilt, if you will. So Tannehill, if he's available in some leagues, I, I think he's been held on to as a backup in a lot, but if he's out there in a shallow league, I might look at him as well in this one with A.J. Brown back. He's got the weapons. He's got his legs. This game, again, could be a source of sneaky points there with a lot on the line for Miami. And Tennessee. Let's get to the rest of the positions. We'll do that here. We'll go running back defense in our next segment, close with wide receivers and tight ends. But thanks so much for supporting Locked On Fantasy Football the entire year here. It's a year round podcast, and we bring it to you in depth for season and breaking down games and stuff like that. But we also build to this point here with the rankings. We look at uh, the free agency period, we look at the draft. So we're with you all off-season long here on Locked on Fantasy Football. We also give you a lot of uh, reality NFL knowledge as well, looking at the gambling 
So everything you need here, Locked on Fantasy Football. We're trying to be comprehensive, no nonsense, to the point, get you in and out with all the information you need. And that's what we do here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. As we continue the show, I got to tell you, make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Preview 2021 here on the network. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins. And it is live now there. Check it out here ahead of the big games there on New Year's Eve between Georgia and Michigan and Alabama and Cincinnati. All right, let's uh, continue the show, breaking down the running backs and defenses on the waiver wire here for the NFL and fantasy football. Rex Burkhead stands out at running back, and we've been waiting for someone to take over that Texans backfield. Remember, it started out with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. Those guys are long gone. David Johnson had his opportunities, but he's been on the COVID-19 list and has had injuries. So defaulted to Rex Burkhead. There's a tie between him and Nick Casario. They're the... GM ties to New England. So Rex Burkhead, utility man galore. What does he do here? Goes off for the 140-yard game. Couple scores. By far the best rushing performance by a Texan this season because of Trey, because of Deshaun Watson not being out there. That also defines that for sure without a doubt. So Rex Burkhead, we mentioned the matchup against the 49ers. He should get some decent volume in that game. That's what we're going to go with. I don't think it's going to be as easy go against the 49ers. The Chargers are pretty bad run defense. The 49ers are about middle of the pack there. We saw them somewhat contain the Titans, so keep that in mind. But he's a starting running back. If you're desperate, he can be an RB2 just on volume alone. Now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like he's going to miss time here for the Chiefs. And now, Darrell Williams is probably managing a lot of leagues from early in the season when Edwards-Alaire missed time. Tough times. For CEH to try to stay healthy in year two. But Derek Gores looked very good as well. We know that when getting the opportunities. Playing with Williams, he's more the straight-up running back. But Williams is the guy they use in passing situations. They get the Bengals this week. So Gore should be rather busy. This could be a high-scoring affair. They can run on the Bengals, I think, pretty effectively if need be. So again, Derek Gore is the guy that you're looking at. Darrell Williams is out there. He's the first priority. But again, I think he's managing most leagues at this point. Gore... Should still be available for some here to have some potential to produce pretty well in a prominent role here, uh, replacing Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, Boston Scott is also has some appeal, but the question mark is Jordan Howard. Is he okay with that stinger? Because we know Miles Sanders is not okay. Yet another injury, this time to his hand. He has a fracture. It's tough to carry the ball when you cannot hold the ball. So Boston Scott will be the biggest beneficiary there in early downs. And we say early downs. And GameScript says that it's also Boston Scott. Because Kenneth Gainwell, we want to trust a little bit more. But look at this. They're getting Washington at home. They ran all over Washington with Boston Scott and others there just a couple weeks ago. So Scott-Howard combination can be very active and busy. Scott did also score last weekend against the Giants with his role. They're expanded without Sanders. And you look at the final game, there's a chance the Cowboys could be resting players in that week 18 game. We'll see how that plays out here for Dallas, but if that's the case, then it should be another positive game script. Downhill running, getting ahead of the change there. So Boston Scott, definitely worth picking up. Jordan Howard, probably still managed and owned in a lot of leagues, so keep that in mind. 
Dari Ogunbowale, I mean, someone's got to step up here for James Robinson. Dari Ogunbowale did score after Robinson, uh, unfortunately, tore his Achilles and was out for the season. Does he have really high upside in this game against the Patriots? Not really, but I don't think the wide receivers and uh, Trevor Lawrence are going to do much. The best thing you can do is run on the Patriots. You also could get some cheap checkdowns there in hurry-up situations while Jacksonville inevitably trails big in this game. So, Ogunbowale can get you some cheap PPR value here. And always a threat to score in garbage time is uh, really the Jaguars do not throw for passing touchdowns. So Ogunbowale could easily score in the garbage time of beating the guy there here. And uh, we've seen him in the past. He's been effective in the passing game. And that's what he's going to probably do most here to get his yards. Because I think just the game script and the running are going to be limited here in general for the Jaguars. Now, Cam Akers is an interesting development here. It's so weird what's going on with the Rams. Yet Sonny Michel, he was very quiet for much of the season while he was healthy with Daryl Henderson. You thought they would, at some point they would give Michel a split opportunity. But with Sean McVay, we know he likes to do the old school workhorse thing where it's one guy touching the ball a lot. So that guy was Daryl Henderson for a long time. Then the COVID-19 thing happened. Then another injury happened. Then he got hurt again against the Vikings with a knee. So... Cam Akers, I think they'd be a little bit cautious with Cam Akers because he could be a big-time asset in the playoffs, especially if Henderson's not available there and uh, really get the touches over Michelle. So if you've been riding Sonny Michelle, and a lot of people have been in the fantasy football end of season and the playoffs, a little bit concerned that Akers could return. But again, I can't imagine a full role for him right now. He could be a lot like what Henderson was last week, getting a handful of touches there like Henderson did against the Vikings with Michelle still being the lead back. All right, those are really the only options here at running back. Not a lot of attrition there. you got to figure out the COVID-19. You figure Austin Eckler is going to be back. And Justin Jackson was a late developing addition last week. So keep all that in mind. If there's a clear shot at a guy like Jackson, you know he's going to start and see a big role. It doesn't always work out that way. He's, he's not going to score 30-plus fantasy football points for you every week, but always be on the lookout for those type of guys to plug and play because running back with a pulse that gets touches, if significant volume, is going to be productive, and we saw that with Jackson last week. So watch the COVID-19 list. A lot of things can pivot. Be prepared. We saw that with Eckler and Dalvin Cook last week, having to pivot, pivot to Justin Jackson and Alexander Madison. All right, let's go to the defenses you should look at. Bears for sure. I mean, they're at home against Mike Glennon. I know they haven't been all that good. They've been gashed. Saquon Barkley could have some success against them, but the Bears are going to benefit from this Giants matchup. The Giants have just given up. They're a shell of an offense. So Chicago at home, very appealing in those conditions as well to take care of business. You can also look at the Seahawks. They're playing the Lions this week. Uh, they didn't really come through against the Bears as we expected for the end of the game, but the Lions this week, Especially if it's Tim Boyle in there. We'll see if Jared Goff gets cleared here. But Seahawks defense isn't great. But they have some things they can do in the passing game to contain and confuse the Lions. And so something to watch there. And they'll probably be motivated to bounce back here after the Bears ending to that game last week. So Bears and Seahawks, they played each other last week. This week they play the Giants and Lions targets there in fantasy football. Now a lot of people might recommend the Browns this week. They are playing the Steelers. The Steelers have struggled. We know offensively big time. But... I'm going to go to the other side of this matchup. It's the Steelers that I prefer. Why? Because they're in primetime, emotional bump, 8-15. They're on Monday Night Football, Ben Roethlisberger's potential last game. The Browns can run. We know that very well with Nick Chubb. The Steelers' run defense has been pretty suspect. 
Their overall defense is kind of a worn down as well. The Browns have a pretty good offensive line. But again, TJ Watt, you got enough playmakers. Joe Hayden, the former Brown there in the secondary. So there's enough here where I think the Steelers can maybe get a break in the running game, contain Chubb a little bit, and go after uh, Baker Mayfield in this one. So I could also look at the other side of this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, just like the first one, which was 15-10 in favor of the Steelers. Miles Garrett and company looking to rebound after they faced uh, Aaron Rodgers. So the Steelers faced Patrick Mahomes last week. The Browns faced Aaron Rodgers. They'll be ready to take it out defensively on their lesser opponent here. And we know there's Elijah Harris, and we know there's Nick Chubb, but these quarterbacks, Roethlisberger and Mayfield, can give up a lot of issues there with sacks and whatnot. So and that's what we're looking for on these teams, sacks and takeaways. And uh, I think Monday night could be ripe with those on both sides here in Week 17. The Saints-Panthers game has a little bit of appeal. Now, the Saints could get back to normal strength here if Taysom Hill starts, and the Panthers have much less appeal. They're wilting against the run, so I don't really like that at all. Some people might recommend that, but they're not going to be playing Ian Book, most likely here, and the Panthers have just been in the tank here for a while. So I like the Saints a lot in this matchup. Now, a lot of people may have dropped the Saints with the recent developments, or looking at the Dolphins game, they might have uh, saw there that they're available, but if... Someone drops the Saints, you can look at and play. They've had two very strong games. You wouldn't know it from the Dolphins' final score. But keep in mind, they allowed a defensive touchdown. They otherwise shut down a team when their offense couldn't stay on the field. And we know they had a shutout the week before, 9-0 against the Buccaneers. So they'll bring it against the Panthers at home as they try to stay in the NFC playoff picture. We'll get into the wide receivers and tight ends in our final segment here on the show. But I do have to remind you about BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college football season and the football playoffs here, whether it's CFP there at the end of the Bulls in college football or the pro football NFL playoffs just around the corner. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, whatever season it is. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available through the new year. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right. Time to close the show looking at wide receivers and tight ends you can look at on the waiver wire ahead of Week 17's games. Keep in mind, no Thursday game this week, so you have a lot to figure things out with COVID-19 and injuries and look at the practice reports to see who's playing, who's not, to make sure you're playing the optimal guys here that you've just picked up. K.J. Osborne might have been dropped in a lot of leagues when Adam Thielen came back, but Thielen wasn't back. He aggravated his ankle injury there against the Rams. Osborne promptly scores a touchdown there playing off Justin Jefferson. So you look at the Vikings this week, play the Packers. Jair Alexander could be out there trying to uh, shadow Justin Jefferson. So you have Osborne on the other side looking pretty good. Uh, one asset of the Vikings passing game that bumps up. As Thielen, I say, is questionable best to return. And that's a stretch given he's questionable before and played. We'll have to see if he's good here or they shut him down here. Unfortunately, the Vikings are still battling for a playoff spot. So they might not do that here, so so watch what with the Osborne dealing situation there. Marcus Valdez-Scanling should revert, return from the COVID-19 list in that same game. Al Nazar did score last week. MBS had the big game two weeks ago. 
So look, you're just hoping for your best opposite Devontae Adams, whether they're working inside or outside here. But Aaron Rodgers is on fire. He seems to have a supplementary touchdown pass to someone not named Adams every week. These two wide receivers are the best bet. MBS more of the big play. Field stretcher Lazard more of the inside red zone threat. So both these guys have appeal. Just know what you're getting. MBS has got the higher ceiling, but the lower floor. Al Lazard has a higher floor, but lower ceiling for the Green Bay offense. Now Rashad Bateman, the rookie for the Ravens, may have been dropped in a lot of leagues because he wasn't doing anything, but he came back to relevance last week, catching a touchdown pass there from the new third-string quarterback had to start Josh Johnson. They got to use Bateman more. I mean, Marquise Hollywood Brown is getting bottled up. This week, Brown could see a lot of Jalen Ramsey, Jalen uh, Carson Ramsey, or wherever the Rams uh, want to say they're located there. So Los Angeles Ramsey could stop Hollywood Brown this week. So you look at Bateman seeing an opportunity on the other side. They've had uh, Darius Williams and other guys in coverage. So Bateman they forgot about him a little bit. So we'll see who the quarterback is between Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. You figure at least it's going to be Huntley returning here. Jackson has a chance with the ankle injury, but either way, they need to be targeting Rashad Bateman more here and stop trying to force Sammy Watkins in here when he's on the COVID-19 list and been ineffective and Marquise Brown fading and facing another tough matchup this week. Giants, if you need to look at someone, you can look at Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony did finally get activated from the COVID-19 list last week, but... Not a lot from the rookie. There's not a chemistry there at all. A little bit of Mike Glennon, Kenan, or Kenny Galladay connection. Two big, tall dudes, so that's probably what it is. They're between those guys that Jake Fromm started but didn't look all that good, so they went back to Glennon. You figure that's going to be the case against the Bears. Galladay knows the Bears well from his days in the NFC North with the Lions, so Galladay, I think, could be a decent, sneaky play this week as a wide receiver. Three, Marcus Callaway as well could be someone to watch here. He was... Uh, Really limited by the bad quarterback situation, but he still was as effective as he could be with Ian Book there on Monday night. But Taysom Hill and Callaway have something going on. They played the Panthers this week. Panthers did struggle with a similar kind of speedy receiver downfield in Antonio Brown. So Callaway has a lot of appeal this week. Now you look at Kendrick Bourne. He has a great matchup. We know we talked about it for Mac Jones. Someone's got to catch the balls on the outside. They're playing the Jaguars. Great spot for Bourne to rebound here. He's been quiet of late. In recent weeks, he had uh, some running production there against the Colts there to salvage his day, but really disappeared just like the rest of the wide receivers against the Bills. Good bounce back spot for Kendrick Bourne. Had been holding steady as a wide receiver three for much of the season. Braxton Berrios will see Jamison Crowder. It was not conventional. Berrios had to score on a special teams return. Led the team with only 40 receiving yards there with five catches. But someone's got to catch the ball against the Buccaneers this week with garbage time and volume. And Barrios and Zach Wilson have a connection here, especially if Crowder is not playing. Isaiah McKenzie, we'll see there. He had a big game for the Bills, taking over essentially as their second-best target here with Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley out and Emmanuel Sanders still coming back from a knee injury. We'll see. Those things could all improve there where Sanders feels a little bit healthier. Beasley, we'll see. I think he'll have to miss another game here with his non-vaccinated status. But the real concern is Gabriel Davis because he was getting the job done with Diggs here without... McKenzie. So we'll monitor that situation. Don't go chase the box score from last week because it's a completely different situation. Same thing with Byron Pringle. You figure Travis Kelsey will be cleared for this game this uh, week against the Bengals. So you can't go there because they'll probably go back to the Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey offense that we know and love there for the Chiefs in Cincinnati. And then Robbie Anderson, you can look at him this week there as well. 
not excited about it, but you figure that DJ Moore will get a lot of Marshawn Lattimore here and hope that either Cam Newton and or Sam Darnold can get the ball to Anderson in that matchup against the Saints secondary. Let's look at tight end. Nicole Komet did a little bit more. Unfortunately, Jimmy Graham got the touchdown there for the Bears. Komet was doing the dirty work, getting involved. He did have a two-point conversion there. In Seattle, they do play the Giants. The Giants give up a lot to the tight end. We know that it allowed similar athletic guy, Dallas Goddard, to have a pretty decent game last week. So Cole Komet definitely has some appeal. Gerald Everett came on strong. Biggest game of the season overall for him against the Bears. They played the Lions at home. The Lions have been better against the tight end, but you still can throw to the tight end. We saw that last week with Kyle Pitts stretching the field. They're on Detroit, so Everett, similar athletic type receiver, can have some success. Tyler Conklin should get a little bit of boost should uh, Adam Thielen miss more time as well with the ankle injury, so keep that in mind. They're playing the Packers. It's a tough matchup for the tight ends, but maybe enough volume with a touchdown opportunity there. But I'd much rather look at Osborne there as a wide receiver starting than Conklin as a tight end starter. Here's a sneaky pickup for you, and really two from the same game. Mo Ali Cox here. Jack Doyle suffered an injury there against the Cardinals Saturday night in Week 16, so... He's not certain to play. Knee and ankle issues for him. Molly Cox has been quiet, but he did have 42 receiving yards in that game against Arizona. A tough tight end coverage defense that they've become. So you look at the matchup this week. Great tight end matchup for the Colts against the Raiders this week. So Ali Cox can be busy here and have much of tight end to himself here without Jack Doyle. And that helps give some appeal where he breaks free from the committee. Always a chance to score. And I like uh, those chances here with Carson Wentz playing well. The other side, we'll see if uh, Darren Waller can return. He's got the back and knee issues. I wouldn't be so optimistic, but that would mean Foster Moreau had a decent game there against the Broncos without an opportunity. The Colts give up plenty to the tight end. We saw that with Zach Ertz and the Cardinals last week. So Moreau could have that type of game for you if you're desperate and looking for some tight end one back end value. Same thing with Evan Ingram. He did score for the Giants last week. We saw Everett score on the Bears here on Sunday as well in week 16, so there's a chance for Evan Ingram to continue to be busy here. So Ingram and Galladay, probably the biggest beneficiaries there should Mike Lennon continue to start here and take the job back over Jake Fromm with Daniel Jones out. And finally, CJ Uzama. He was quiet while the wide receivers went off last week, but the Chiefs are pretty tough at covering wide receivers at times with their pass rush inside. Some of the things they have on the outside with their cover men. They are not that great at covering the tight end. Uh, Pat Freermuth was a big loss when he was concussed for the Steelers last week. They didn't have that guy to do the damage. Uzoma can be that guy for the Bengals in this matchup at home against the Chiefs. Again, a little bit deeper there with Ingram and Uzoma. But definitely look to that Colts-Raiders game for some sneaky value after you look away from Komet and Everett there if they're not available in your fantasy leagues if you're looking for a streamer tight end. All right, that wraps up our look at the waiver wire and uh, put a bow on Week 16 with the Dolphins Saints reaction as well. We will move on to Week 17 and the picks, uh, breaking it down there for you, the matchups uh, all together uh, in two shows there, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available to you on all platforms just like this show. For Locked On Fantasy Football, for Pickup Tuesday, good luck in your waiver wire claims, and we'll catch you tomorrow starting to break down the games of Week 17.